Blog Talk Radio. Hi, everyone, and welcome to the Real Estate Investor Goddesses podcast. I'm your host, Monique Hom, and I am really, really excited for our guest today. So, as you know, we bring you interviews with incredible women. Um, usually, we bring you interviews with women who are real estate investors, and today we're doing something a little different, differently. Um, our guest is Dr. Tanya Isabella, and you know, at Real Estate Investor Goddesses, we're all about helping women invest in real estate through the divine feminine. That's why we are called goddesses. And our guest today is an expert on the, the divine feminine, and, um, and I'm so thrilled to have her here with us today. Um, and I had her bio put up, and it just disappeared. One second. Um, I love live radio. So, mm-hmm. Doctor, I, I met Doctor Tanya <laughs> through um, through a, a group of sister goddesses, a, a group of goddesses. And um, when I found out about her, I was thrilled to have her. She okay, here it is. She's an author, and she she has a doctorate in divinity with an emphasis in the divine feminine. She's also a celebrity makeup artist and a renowned pleasure expert who's known for her signature coaching in sex, love, wealth, and relationships. In addition, she has um, – in addition, she – she has 450 hours of coaching, education, and empowerment and pleasure. And before that, she was a dermatologist um, over 10 years' experience in the field of dermatology. And all of that has given her the ability to help bring profound beauty, transformation, and healing for the women and patients she works with. She's been featured on ABC, CBS, NBC, Fox, Glamour, the Wall Street Journal, and now the Real Estate Investor Goddesses podcast. <laughs> so I'm thrilled to have her here. Yes. Um, I'm so excited. She's, she has a unique feminine power system that teaches women how to beautifully and powerfully transition into every aspect of their lives with confidence, flow, ease, and grace. And I'm thrilled to have her here. Welcome, to, welcome Tanya. Thank you. I'm, I'm so happy to be here. It just feels so good to be here and share this space with you with all these other beautiful women. Oh, well, pleasure! It's all ours. So I, I love your story, and I and I, I want to find out because you were you were a dermatologist. So how did you get started working with clients in the divine feminine? Sure. Um, I just want to start a little bit with my personal story and kind of how how I got there because I think that's a huge part of it. So yeah. Um, Growing up, I um, grew up in a household where my parents both worked really hard and they struggled with money and they had uh, multiple jobs. And my mom was more of a stay-at-home mom and and raised the kids. And I I really just saw how much they struggled. And um, I grew up in a family where there there was generational sexual abuse and um, and physical abuse in a long lineage of my mom's family, um, including her at the age of five and grandmothers and great-grandmothers. And I, I saw women um, at that time as something that was, like, really weak, and I knew I didn't want that for myself, and I knew I wasn't that. I knew I was strong-willed, and I knew it was powerful. So at that point, I really just renounced um, what I call the feminine, and I embraced the masculine, mm-hmm. and I um, became a tomboy, and I played competitive sports, and I was a perfectionist, and I had perfect attendance, and I went to college and got an advanced degree in a male-dominated world. And um, 
I, you know, I thought I had made it. I um, bought my first house at 26 on the water. And then I realized, and I woke up, and I was exhausted, and I was burnt out, and I was bitter, <laughs> and I was depleted. And I really had to take a look around and say, what is wrong? And um, I had met a lot of girlfriends, and I was in a sorority in college. Um, and so I knew a lot of strong women, but I really knew there was something in me um, that just had to embrace the feminine more. And I was taking care of my family. And as women do, I was the career woman and the caretaker, and I was depleted. And yeah. I knew I wanted something different. And I knew I wanted to heal the generational curse of my ancestry. And I wanted to heal just having mediocre relationships in my life and what I had seen with men and women. And I knew I wanted to heal my family tree. So at some point, I just started doing embodiment work. So I started doing meditation, I started doing yoga, and I studied tantra, and I started to feel better. And then I realized part of that um, was missing, and that was the sexuality piece. So I started mm. studying under the world's best sexuality experts and femininity experts. And um, as you shared, I went on to um, become a sex, love, and relationship coach, and I'm about 450 hours into a certification. And I felt more vibrant, and I felt more alive, mm -hmm. and I felt more integrated and more like myself. But I knew there was still that last nugget, that last evolution, that last piece of something that was missing for me. I had, you know, that the career, like I embraced my sexuality, I was doing all this embodiment work, but there was a piece of me that was still missing. And I started thinking about my spiritual life. And I, I grew up religious, and I started thinking about this experience I had when I was a teenager, about 13 years old, where I, I was at a Sunday school class called CCD, and I ended up walking out and never going back because a man told me, or the class, that if you kissed a boy, you were going to hell. And I looked at him, wow. and I said, well, I guess it's too late for me. <laughs> Why am I wasting my time? And he looked shocked and flabbergasted. And I walked out <laughs> and I never went back um, because it brought this sadness and depression where I knew there was a part of me that was this embodied woman and that, there, you know, I, I desired boys. I enjoyed kissing my boyfriend at the time, even though I was a young 13-year-old girl. And I just felt like there was, like I was fragmented almost in that moment. And there was something in me um, that wasn't allowed to fully express myself in the spiritual world. And it was really heartbreaking. And even though I still say pure spirituality, um, I just knew I couldn't return to that at that time. But through my evolution, like we had talked about, of really studying sexuality and spirituality, I knew spirituality was that last key. So I began studying yeah. feminine archetypes through Young and Carolyn Miss. And then I started to study more of the divine feminine, you know, anywhere from um, green terror to Kuan Yin to Kali, to name a few. And then I really began to study the true essence, the divine feminine in the Bible. And my world woke, woke up and opened up. And at that moment, I then truly became the empowered woman in all aspects of my life. You know, whether that was the spiritual, the sexual, the financial, the physical. Yeah. And really, I felt like I was that truly integrated woman that I knew I was. And now that's where I teach women. I teach women to work with their desire in a sacred way 
that awakens their true path to power and love and beauty and prosperity, where they can really be all facets of themselves. Um, and that was really um, my path towards what um, my connection to beginning to work with the divine feminine. And then I went on to get my doctorate in divinity and um, study the divine feminine more. And, and that was kind of the, how my evolution came <laughs> to, to integrate wow. all of that. Yeah. What a story. That's great. Yeah. Um, and, and I'd love to step back a moment just to define for people listening. What, what do you mean by the divine feminine? How do you, how would you define it? Sure. Um, I'd like to, if it's okay, if you start with um, a little bit of our societal programming and what the defined feminine isn't, and if it's okay with yeah. you, and just start yeah. um, th- through um, feminine programming. So the co- there is a connection between the divine feminine and wealth and women. And if you look mm-hmm. at our society and what it teaches us and what we're programmed to believe and what the truth is very different, And if you look at feminine archetypes and the way that we grow up and what our programmings are, they're typically through fairy tales. So as a young girl, you see Ariel, and she gives up her world and her voice in order to find love. Belle gives up her father in order to find love. Cinderella is the servant girl in order to find love. And the list goes on and on and on. And in those experiences, there's typically – no um, union of the feminine, right? Usually the mother is like dad or there's an evil stepmother or step um, yeah. sister. And to make it even worse, a woman who's truly empowered, who truly knows what she wants, is this evil queen filled with darkness and loneliness and is destined to a life of isolation. And yeah. that's really what we are programmed to believe. So what we are subconsciously taught as women, and this relates to wealth consciousness, is that we have to be in deficit in order mm. to be loved. Wow. Yeah. 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 And I see this often. This could mean women hardly making ends meet, hoping men will bail them out. It could be six-figure women who stay in deficit and debt, and they don't know why. Um, I see this in some women who are programmed to believe that they can't have both men and money, so they outman the men in their lives, and they may be these strong, independent financial women, but they don't have that love and that personal life they desire. And I see that often with the women I work with with this false sense of power, since they, it's almost like they're holding this deck of cards that they feel if they surrender and let go, that everything's going to come tumbling down. Mm. And... A lot of this is why women tend um, to self-destruct and they only take their wealth and their love to a certain level because there's this underlying belief or this smush that if you're too much, if you have too much power, you're going to be that renounced evil queen, right? And that mentality that we have to be in lack, we have to be in depletion in order to find love. To be lovable, yeah. To be lovable. That that we have to be that is powerful. Yeah. Thank you. Thank you. So I wanted I I wanted just to kind of start with that before I go into the divine feminine, 
And then the other aspect of that that I believe that we are taught when it comes to femininity and religion is we are taught that in order to be spiritual women, that we have two options, right? It's like we're either the sacrificial nun renouncing our sexuality, right? Yes. Which is kind of what happened to me as that 13-year-old girl, like, oh, well, because <laughs> you kissed a boy, <laughs> you know, you, you're, you're doomed and <laughs> that's it for you. Or yeah. you have to be the martyr, yeah, you know, or you have to be the martyr, which is this spiritual woman who renounces wealth and beauty and her wants and her needs and her desire for something and someone else. Mm. And all of it, which I hope to go into, is just simply untrue. And what we have to remember is um, that in our life, it's the divine feminine that births the divine masculine, that as the queen, we birth the kings, and that we need to stop unconsciously being in this deficit, and we need to create a new financial paradigm and a financial realm or just a realm in general, and what better way to create an empire as a queen than through real estate and changing the face of the planet. Yeah. And Absolutely. that's why I'm so excited. <laughs> <laughs> for so many ways. So you literally and physically can create an empire and, and change. Yeah. And, I, and that's where the divine feminine begins. And that's what I want to take you on um, the journey of, of what the divine feminine looks like um, through archetypes and even biblically. And the first thing that I like um, to share with you is if you look in the Bible, it's actually Luke 8, 1 through 3, there were actually a group of women, goddesses, if you will, named Susanna, uh-huh. Joanna, and Mary Magdalene, that actually funded Jesus' mission. Wow. Yeah. Yeah, that these were that. financially empowered women. Yeah, I love it too. Who didn't believe in lack, that had a new vision for the future, and they were passionate. And even Joanna, if you get into these women, her husband actually ran the household of um, the man that killed John the Baptist. So it's not like she even grew up in a household of people that, like, revered Jesus. This was, like, her own passion. <laughs> like, wow. she funded this on her own because it was in her belief system. And um, one of the things, too, is um, if you really look – at Mary Magdalene, who's I, who I wrote my Doctorate of Divinity on, um, really what was beautiful about her is um, when women couldn't bear witness, she was chosen by Christ to be the person that not only witnessed the crucifixion, but witnessed the resurrection. And, I mean, you have to think about how powerful that was at the time when women couldn't bear witness, and she was, she was the chosen one. She was the one chosen mm-hmm. to do that. Beautiful. Yeah. Yeah, it, really beautiful. And that's where the divine feminine um, really comes, you know, comes in. That really following your passions and your purpose and your guidance, and your wisdom, and really not having that lack mentality. 
All right. So I, I see this divine, this connection with the divine feminine and wealth and really it's mm-hmm. getting past these fairy tales and really owning, um, you know, that wealth to be, to be wealthy is to be spiritual, mm-hmm. to be, to, to embody all the, all of the aspects of the, the feminine of the, of our, of our yeah. lives, our wealth, our, our beauty, our sexuality, everything. Um, and, uh, and you, you kind of, started to show, you know, some of the blocks you, between women and being financially successful. You said that, you know, often having these fairy tales or that connection between um, finances and love keeps a lot of women from either getting money at all or they keep them in debt. Um, and, you know, what are, are there some other blocks you see between with women and being financially successful? Yeah, there there are a few. Um, and what was the other thing I was going to say? One of them um, is often women, um, and this is another reason that I like real estate and how it ties in together. If you study tantra, it's a union of opposites, right? And I think a lot mm-hmm. of women um, – and, and you see this union of opposites and even opinions um, like with the, like in the civil war times in Northern way of freedom and the Southern, right. Where part of that freedom is like freedom of expression, freedom of the individual, freedom of the movement, freedom of your ability um, to choose your destiny, which is more what we mm-hmm. call a Shakti principle. And then the other freedom was there was power in owning land, mm-hmm. right. There was power like in having something tangible and, um, that was something that I think is really important because I think a lot of women are afraid of financial responsibility or financial burden. You know, they, they don't want, they almost renounce the masculine where they don't want that structure, that discipline. And I think that can be, um, because it's wonderful to be a queen, right? But the yeah. shadow side of the queen is you can be exhausted and you can be burnt out, <laughs> right? Cause mm, you're, taking care absolutely, of home, yeah. you're taking care of people so you really want that freedom and movement. And that's one of the things I think is really beautiful about real estate is that you have that individual freedom and that freedom of expression and you're not trading dollars for hours, but you still have, you're still grounded, you know, and you still have something tangible. So that's also one of the things that I see um, as one of the, the barriers um, that women really have this kind of fear of being restricted or controlled or um, overwhelmed with responsibility. And I think that real estate is a really beautiful way that can bring that balance where they can have, you know, that harmony and that balance of what they want. Um, the, the other thing is a lot of times when I, when I do work with women, um, some of those blocks to being financially successful or um, like we said before that like lack and love can't live in the same place and a lot of times when they have a difficulty making money it's actually that they have um, difficulty connecting to the masculine in some way so a lot of times when I work with women and we heal their sex lives or we heal the relationships with men or we heal that past trauma they've had they actually can make more money 
because if you think about it, in a way, money kind of is our Prince Charming, right? It's this financial principle. It's what gives us security. It's what gives us protection. Um, so a lot yeah. of times uh, there can be some underlying wounds or pain with the masculine and not having the personalized a desire that can block them from, from making the financial money that they would like. Wow. It's so powerful, so deep, it's so archetypal. Huh? Yeah. <laughs> I can see how much you love it. And and it's that oh, it's a powerful deep work. Yes, it is. It is. Yeah. Yeah. And in a way, money is God energy, right? Because the way I look at it, because I used to always say, gosh, you know, we're all created in the image of God. Why do they call mm-hmm. God a man if we're all created man and woman alike? And I think what I've realized, at least my belief system, is our souls are feminine. We are the divine receivers. And as women, we should divinely receive because we're anatomically designed to do that. But really, yeah. God is the giver. You know, like, so it's the masculine of the giving and the feminine of receiving. So it's the souls that receive and, and, and God that gives. And so for me, money is God energy. It's the divine masculine expressed in love and light. Mm. That is so powerful. So thank you. What? We haven't really talked about this. Um, what advice do you have for a woman who's trying to be more financially successful? You know, whether that's successful in real estate investing or or any other yeah. way. Yeah. Absolutely. Yes. One, I think it's really important to know um, to use beauty and pleasure as a power source. Um, mm. Yeah. Yeah. And we also. So, what know, do you mean by that? Um, when it, well, for example, um, truth is beauty, and beauty is truth, right? So, to live. And beauty means to fully express yourself in all forms of creation. And I really believe that creation is the most powerful um, force in the world. Um, so mm-hmm. if you live in divine order, you have a sense of creating beauty, connection, and harmony. For example, a rose is an opportunity for beauty to happen. The physical body is an opportunity for love to happen. Owning real estate is an opportunity for communities to be birthed and our economics to change. And I think yeah. as women, we have this keen sense that we need to own more financial power because we have the sensitivity to help others protect the earth, you know, to care, to bring other people up with us. And the world is lacking that sensitivity and also using beauty. And this is another biblical example. Queen Esther in the Bible was a common woman and a temple dancer and she used her beauty to seduce the king to save the entire Jewish lineage. And they don't mention Mm -hmm. her by name. But the queen um, of Egypt, um, the first queen to actually become pharaoh, she was the first queen to become king, had the most thriving empire in the Egyptian presence. And it's really believed that during her rule, almost every Egyptian artifact we have in a museum was under her rule. And beautifully, she was beautifully married. So you don't hear about her having these dysfunctional archetypes like with Cleopatra. But the other thing is, if you look at what archaeologists think, her name was Hatshepsut, 
they really believe that she was the daughter, Pharaoh's daughter, that pulled Moses out of the river. Mm-hmm. So she also, through love and beauty, was responsible for, for saving an entire lineage because if Moses didn't exist, if he would have drowned and she didn't pull him out of the water with love and compassion, then the world might be different. And also, pleasure is a good power source because we have to heal that slave girl mentality. We have to become those sovereign queens and empresses. And we let go of that through also healing the nun um, archetype. And that is, th- is through our sexuality. And men do it all the time, Monique. I mean, men integrate their sexuality in the workplace all of the time. The tallest man, the most erect man, but they don't call it sexuality, they call it <laughs> charisma, Right. And if right. you look at ties, where do they point? They point to a man's penis. <laughs> Men bring sexuality in the workforce all the time, but it's so integrated that we don't even recognize that we call it charisma. So part of it is really not cutting off our pleasure. And it doesn't mean that we have to be in a, um, to the extremes, but not cutting off our sexuality and realizing that it creates desire and mojo and vibrancy, and it makes us radiant amplifiers. And when we feel good, when we're in our passions and we're in our pleasure, we attract more people. And really, you can't truly be an empowered woman unless you can influence others and the people near you. And, yeah, uh, yeah. So, so we have to really integrate that pleasure as a power source. And then the last um, piece of advice I, as far as being financially successful in real estate if a woman's feeling challenged is we have to remember that the divine feminine is abundance as a woman if you give yeah. a woman a sperm she'll make a child if you give her a house mm-hmm. she'll make a home if you give mother nature a seed she'll create a garden and a farm and a forest that will feed orchard. and nurture <laughs> yeah. people an orchard um, and we are only limited by our perception and our creativity and our imagination And also, I think when we are stuck, we have to, even time itself, look at it as a feminine principle. I think sometimes as women, we're like, oh, this hasn't happened in the time that we want. You know, we wanted it to happen quicker. But the feminine way of looking at time is cyclical and seasonal, and that Mm, we're always making movement. And we will always eventually get to the harvest. Always. You know, it might be those seeds are in the winter and we can't see it. But if we put our heart and our detention and our desire on it, that we will always get to the harvest. And really, I believe that real estate is revolutionary. I mean, it's such a beautiful way to create a realm and a new reality where we create more wealth, we create more community, we create more um, connection, you know, we can create more commerce. And I really think that the world needs us to stop being in this deficit mentality and really become the queen so we can birth the kings and change the entire, you know, masculine and financial power structure. Mm. So good. So good. Oh, Thank you. Um, <laughs> I love this, Sonia. Uh, our, oh, okay. Running short of time, I could talk to you yeah. for about five, ten more hours, <laughs> but um, <laughs> we only have a half an hour, and I do want to get to your trinity, but before we do that, how can people connect with you to find out more, find out more about your coaching? Sure. And, and I would love that. So yeah. let's, um, my website is yourmajesticbeauty.com, so if they want okay. to connect with me there, um, they can definitely reach me there. 
Okay, and that mm-hmm. is in the description of this podcast is the uh, um, is the website, so you can find her there. And uh, we have two minutes, a quick for time for a quick Trinity. So, um, a Trinity is a brag, a gratitude, and a desire. Um, that's how we conclude every podcast. So, what are you what are you bragging about? What are you celebrating right now? Oh my gosh, I um. I think I touched upon it with you a little bit earlier, but I celebrate that I just got back um, from Paris. I did an amazing mm-hmm. photo shoot and video shoot, and I really desired the Paris Ritz Carlton on the um, 20th anniversary of Princess Diana's death because she's a prime example wow. of a woman that really could have should have had so much more in her personal life, but really did so much good in the world. And yeah. um, you had to have all these special permits and all these rules and the feminine way just weaved her way in there and I just claimed <laughs> the queendom and they ended up giving me an entire courtyard to, um, to um, film in. And also I celebrate like you, lots of travel. I just got back from New York City um, doing a workshop on um, foundations of power and I'm leaving for Palm Springs for a week next week and then I'll be in um, gosh, I'll be in um, Vegas the following weekend. So I've really had, bride that I have and celebrate that I have um, a lot of great opportunities to travel and um, share this work and my des- awesome. and then my desire well, thank you and my desire is I really just desire for all women to have the juiciest most magical relationships with men and women and really stand mm. in their sovereignty and their divinity as the queens that they are that would so be my desire here. <laughs> So shall it be or so much better than you can ever imagine. Oh, and I love that. Last week. see that beautifully. <laughs> and what are you grateful for? I, Monique, I am just so grateful for the opportunity to be on this show and to be in the presence of such an amazing, powerful, and beautiful woman like yourself. And I really, like, am so grateful that you just did something different for me. <laughs> that this wasn't, you know, um, the, the the typical show you did so thank you I'm so grateful for that and I love how you are just creating this beautiful council and serving humanity and and really uplifting women I'm just so grateful for you in this experience and oh, I'm also grateful you. that um you're welcome um and through your inspiration I'm looking at we're gonna go look at it um probably before I leave for Palm Springs at a, at a, a row of six townhomes. So I'm really trying to um, stretch Woo! my real estate venture thanks to your inspiration. <laughs> Yay. So love we'll that. that goes. Thank so, you. So Thank good. you. You're welcome. So, Thank so you grateful so much. For you. Thank, Thank you. you. So y'all can find Dr. Tanya Isabella again at your majestic beauty.com and Find me at realestateinvestorgoddesses.com or at the face our Facebook page, Real Estate Investor Goddesses. We will see you next time. Stay divine. Bye-bye. Mm-hmm. Bye-bye. Bye-bye.